0: Leadhead.
1: Welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode 189, and hope you guys listened to last week's episode. We had none other than Lieutenant Jason Redman with the Combat Wounded Coalition telling us about that uh, awesome fundraising event that they've got going on. Make sure you guys go to their website, combatwoundedcoalition.org, and uh, they've, they're going to have a live auction going on there uh, starting March the 4th. So uh, time you hear this show, it's probably uh, done and over with, but hope you heard it on last week's show and you were able to take part. And then uh, continuing our 2017 SHOT Show coverage, we had Mike with Unique ARs and Roy with Devil Dog Concepts. And uh, as I told you guys, Unique ARs had sent me one of their awesome custom handguards, talking lead edition. And uh, I'm in the process of uh, having that painted right now. So once that gets done, I'll post those pictures on social meds and uh, all over the interwebs so you guys can check that out. But to go over to uh, Unique ARs and uh, see what all they've got to offer there. And then of course, uh, Devil Dog Concepts, the hard charger, side charging handle system. Uh, It's awesome, I've got it on one of my rifles, love it. Uh, It's Very easy to install and uh, very easy to use. So check them out at Devil Dog Concepts. So this week, I'm on the road again. Didn't have to travel too far just down the road uh, to Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, we are here with our good buddy, Dana McClendon. Welcome in, Dana. Thanks for having me. And if that name sounds familiar to you guys, it should. He is the creator of the Crazy Hot Matrix. (laughs) Uh, For those who aren't familiar with that, Dana, can you uh, fill the ignorant people in on uh, what we're talking about?
2: Yeah, um... (laughs) Just Google hot Google hot crazy matrix. Hot crazy. I call it crazy hot. It's hot crazy matrix. Yeah. Google okay. the hot crazy matrix. Um, you'll find the first hit is going to be on James Yeager's YouTube channel. Um, just click it. It's seven minutes. Uh, it's everything a man needs to know about women in seven minutes. It's seven minutes of fact F- science. Science straight and up science. It's been <laughs> um, James and I accidentally made a viral video so accident those are the best aren't they i don't think you can intentionally make a viral video right we certainly never saw anything like what happened next coming so um yeah just um,
1: millions and millions and millions of views i
2: not long ago i went back to look see if i could tally up the number of hits and it was well over 150 and i quit
1: 150 million.
2: 150 million yeah it's got like 16 or 17 million on james's channel but it's been ripped off and reposted so many times Right. and about once a month it goes on some new website or facebook page or whatever and it goes and it goes viral all over again right like little mini viral
1: now do you know um, if if somebody posts a link on their facebook page of a youtube video does that keep count with their, if they're watching it on the facebook page or not i think I, it I've counts never on, figured that out i yet. think
2: it counts on the youtube channel that they've linked it to but okay like people are like why don't you shut all that down i'm like man it's why would you well one why would you but two um <laughs> man it's it's it literally blew up so big that there's no getting it back it's right like, it's like that's the true. word q-tip you can't anything <laughs> that's it's a, out yeah it's, it's out. a cotton yeah. swab you're gonna call it a q-tip there's whether, so
1: many bootleg copies of it out uh, there it's You'd unbelievable never be able and to
2: this day we filmed that in J- in july of 2014 and here we are in february march of 17 march of 2017 and yeah. to this day once a week i get an email a text a phone call or someone in person says oh my god my brother-in-law just sent me that or <laughs> you know my the guys i play golf with or whatever and you know everybody they, and a lot of these people are like they don't believe i know you i'm like well yeah
1: yeah you do you do it's me yeah. <laughs> So, uh, in a nutshell, I mean, we're not here. We're we're here to talk about the the hot crazy matrix a little bit, but we've got some other things that we want to talk about. But let's talk about your formula here and what the, the okay. hot crazy matrix is. So
2: the idea is that every woman that you're going to deal with, is guys,
1: get your get your recorders on here. Make sure you uh, record <laughs> right. this. Take notes.
2: So the idea is that every woman you're dealing with is going to be somewhat crazy, at least a four on a scale of ten. Okay.
1: No 1 to 10. 1 to 10. Zero to 10. They're
2: all four, they're all at least a 4 crazy. And the idea is of the matrix is to help you figure out whether the girl that you're contemplating being in a relationship with or yeah. in a relationship with whether she's a permanent solution to your problems or whether she is a problem. Um, so you have <laughs> to strike a, or she is
1: your problem or she right? is your problem. So you have to
2: strike the right balance between how hot she is to you which may be different. You know, yeah, you may like them tall, short.
1: And this is all a personal perspective. Yeah, you know, this is yeah, this your is, rating yeah. system, but it th- works for anybody's rating system,
2: right? Because it, it, what you think is a beautiful woman may not be to me, right? So I'm not I'm not attempting to establish an objective measure of beauty or attractiveness. Yeah, I'm saying you're
1: not setting the the world standard here. Right, it's I'm saying whatever standards.
2: Whatever it is to you that's attractive, you have to figure out how to balance and measure the how much crazy you're willing to put up with versus how hot you think she is right right so um there's different zones um ultimately you want to you want to try to find the uh the wife zone that's that's the keeper the marion type the marion type the one that the one that, take home to mama right the one that you can keep uh, indefinitely Um, And so there's some other zones along the way. I won't ruin all the punchlines, but it is seven minutes. And if you haven't seen it, you should. Um, And you should definitely have your adolescent sons watch it. (laughs) So,
1: Now, like you said, you guys just kind of did this,
2: um, you and James, in jest. It was kind of completely on a lark. Um, The day that we filmed it, we didn't know we were going to see each other. James had never seen The Matrix. It was a bit – it was just a joke that I was doing – for clients and friends and you know family, my sons who are 20 and 18 now. Um, so I, those of you that don't know my background, I'm a I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for almost 25 years, and I do a lot of criminal defense and I do a lot of domestic work. So I deal with people who and we're in as, the
1: state of Tennessee,
2: right? And I and I have been dealing with people who've made bad choices, sometimes involving relationships, and they've wound up needing a lawyer who does what I do, which is either get you out of jail, get you out of trouble, or get you out of a relationship, or all <laughs> of the above sometimes. <laughs> so I started just, a guy came in one time, and he was explaining to me his latest criminal charge. And I looked at him, I said, do you understand why this keeps, keeps happening? His latest. <laughs> well, it was like number three. And he said, I said to him, do you understand why this keeps happening? He said, no. I said, what do all these, I've now represented you on three different criminal charges. What do they all have in common? my dumb ass. I was like, well, (laughs) no, yes, but no. What they all have in common is there's a woman at the the Uh, center of this story. You're picking women that bring out the worst in you. And he goes, what do you mean? And I just started jotting this thing down. And before I knew it, I had this chart that ultimately became the hot crazy matrix several years later. But when I was drawing it for him, I was explaining to him, look, man, we all want to date. Or marry the woman that we think is beautiful to us, right? But you're picking ones that come with a lot of crazy baggage. So I was showing him this thing, and he was like, "Man, that makes perfect sense." So you know, I just started like, I started like drawing it and revising it, and so there was little tweaks to it. And someone threw in one of the punchlines when I was showing them for real one time. They they threw out one of the punchlines, and I was like, "Yeah, that's funny." So I incorporated that. Incorporated it, and um, and then another time. So a couple of different revisions came, but James had never seen it. I, I happened to go to Camden that day for court for a completely unrelated thing. I dropped by, if I'm in Camden, I'm going to go see my boys down there, James and John and the people that work with them. The mafia. The Camden mafia. So, um, so I dropped by to see James. We got to talk and he said something and I said, oh, sounds like danger zone. And he was like, what? I don't understand. And I said, I've never showed you this. You thought you were talking
1: about Top Gun, didn't you? Right.
2: So we flipped over a target (laughs) in his workshop and I drew it and he goes, that's funny. You should, you should do a video. I said, Let's do it. So we literally walked out front where he filmed all his videos. We turned on the camera. We shot it. One take, 10 minutes. Done. (laughs) And a couple of days later, he put it on the internet. And man... That's hilarious. and, And now... 150 million people have seen. Boom. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. So there's, mo- I've got a movie. So how
1: long ago was this? Has this been in July, the works? How many years was that? In July the
2: 2014 was when we filmed it and put it up. Okay. But you'd been working on it a little well, bit. Well, I'd been drawing it. I, you see, I don't really know. If I'd known so it was. this sounds like
1: something you'd come up with in college. Uh, no,
2: that. it was not in college. It was in years before that. But um, if I'd known it was ever going to become a big viral video, I would have kept better notes. Um, <laughs> so I don't really know when I first drew it. Um, but that's when everybody saw it. So, yeah. Um, so now I am forever the hot, crazy Matrix guy. And because of that, well, that was also where we, where I coined the term Camden Mafia. Oh, so you came up with that. You came up with Camden yeah. Mafia. Well, and if you watch the beginning of the video, James introduces me as the terrorist mouthpiece. That's a whole nother story we don't need to go into. <laughs> but he introduced me as I the terrorist. I think our
1: listeners are familiar with the show or okay. know what you're talking so, about. Okay. So... Yeah. James th- which the, we're going to talk about him a little bit cuz he's done something else that's
2: so that brought him some notoriety. So the way again. that James and I became friends and client was the the his first viral video which was also not intentional. Um that's where I got the nickname the Terrace Mouthpiece from some HuffPo Poe, you know, person posting on a comment on a Huffington Post link or whatever. Sure. So I became the Terrace Mouthpiece because some Person that doesn't think the way we think labeled me that. So right. they're at the, good
1: at labeling things right. that they are afraid of or don't understand. Right.
2: So at the beginning of the what became the hot crazy matrix viral video, James introduced me as the terrorist mouthpiece, and I just riffed off of that and said, "Yeah, I'm the terrorist mouthpiece and the consularity of the Camden Mafia." Bam. Nice. That's that terms <laughs> the Camden Mafia thing stuck stuck there too. So and now it's immortalized in. So you
1: guys accomplished a lot in that video. didn't We it? had no idea. If we had a lot known. Of staples.
2: If we had known that it was going to go viral, we would have messed it up and it wouldn't have gone viral. Right. Like, I've been out to Hollywood to... I'm working on a movie deal now. Okay, And Sweet. I I literally will go out... I've gone out there four or five times now to meet with producers and studio people and all this, and it's really probably going to happen. And um, Awesome. And a, a couple of them separately have looked at me and been like, dude, that character you were playing in that video that is <laughs> genius. <laughs> How did you conceive of that character? And I'm like... Um Stick around. Um, <laughs> Stick around. Yeah, it's me, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And so then they say things to me like, the way y'all did that with like the shitty lighting and the cheap camera and like the whiteboard and like, man, that was all just perfect. How did you know to do it that way? And I was like, because we're geniuses. Because we're smart. Because <laughs> we're right. smart. That's why I'm sitting here in front of you. Right. That's why, talking you're, about a movie that's deal, why you're paying me <laughs> to come to Los Angeles and eat fancy food.
1: So a movie deal, we got to talk about this, brother. Um, it, the, there is a the there hot, is a project Matrix that is yeah,
2: movie. There is a project in development with a that will be a if we can get it done will be a full length feature film. I'm working with people who actually make full length feature films. Okay, I'm not going to drop any names, but sure, if I sure. did, if I did, you would know them. They're, okay, they're, they're, you can they're, tell me off air. Yeah, they're major. Like they're you've seen movies that they've made. So um, and they love it because a it's pre marketed. Like 150 million people have seen the video. Yeah. So if I license the "hot crazy matrix" video name to them, and we, you know, then people are gonna be like, "Oh my god, I saw that video."
1: You know who the, I'm seeing in this
2: movie? Who? Seth Rogen.
1: It could be, um, you know, yeah. the um, seeing Seth Rogen. He
2: would be a good one for it. This. Could and be James We've, Franco. We might, yeah.
1: might be a little old. I don't know. They might be too old for
2: so. Um, but they love the idea of taking the, the, the video and expanding it to you know a ninety or 100- 100, 110 minute. You know, just yeah. comedy like Hangover, Bridesmaids, right. you know that kind of thing. So Hell yeah, uh, and it almost, that would be good. That'd it be almost good writes itself. I mean, you know, if you if you watch the video, if you're familiar with the video that I made, you can just imagine the arc, the story arc, yeah, you know, of boy meets girl, boy meets yeah. multiple girls, some of them go bad, some of them go good, right? Uh, fall in love, blah blah blah, wedding montage.
1: Yeah, you got cut. you got the build up to, to to how he came up with theory. Mm-hmm. Then you got the you got the actual putting it in practice, right? And going
2: through all kinds of mayhem and
1: yes, <laughs> pandemonium, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: there'll be craziness there'll ensues, yeah. and then yeah. And what I told him was, I said, "I want to make a I want the make unicorn a appears." Yes, I said, "I want to make a movie <laughs> that you can that your girl will go see with you, that you will go to and." at least once or maybe five times during the movie, you will say to yourself, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. You know, like when Chow jumps out of the trunk in the hangover and naked and smacks him with the tire <laughs> iron, that. right? Or the or the uh, the taking a dump in the middle of the street in Bridesmaids, right? Right? Um, th- those kinds of moments where you're like, I, I can't believe they did that. So I want a movie that your girl will go see. Oh no, he didn't. Yeah, that you will say out loud, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And then when you leave, you can still get lucky. Like, it's not a movie that is so hateful towards women or or anything like that. It's it's like a movie that makes us all laugh at ourselves because I think that's why the video went viral. Mm -hmm. The video went viral because people saw truth spoken in comedic, you know, in a comedic vehicle that they could relate to. Right, it's not. Some people have come at me and said, "Oh, you're a misogynist. You hate women, and well, you're it, a I pig." Mean, and
1: uh, everybody has these thoughts. I mean, what you said. I mean, everybody's thought about some way, some form, some fact. And I will say, men. You know, because because you're doing women. I mean, it's based on a women a woman right. scale. And but some men. of but my biggest fans a, are women. But like, you also do a, um one for the for the ladies as well. for right, the Men. Right. And we'll talk about that. Right. I mean, and if you're but,
2: honest with, you, if you watch the video and you have lived a life. And if you're honest with yourself, there's parts of it that you can say, yep, I did that. Or, yep, I've, I've lived that. I've yeah. experienced that. And that is why it went viral. It didn't yeah. go viral because 150 million people hated me, hated it, hated the concept, thought I was a misogynist pig. Sure. That video gets seen by 1,000 people and then never seen again. Yeah. Right? Um, or it goes on 4chan and red pill, blue pill, Your, or whatever. Yours
1: actually hit you know a nerve with people that they could relate to right. men and women right. both right you know cuz i've seen some of the comments too oh, some yeah. of the women are like some know, of the, my biggest fans and most ardent that.
2: supporters are women who are willing to laugh with at themselves with us right so the whole the, the, the whole <laughs> video was i mean like the funniest comedy is when you are self self-deprecating and you're you're willing to be the butt of your own joke even though you're talking about something that everyone has experienced. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. that that's when you let people laugh at you so that they can laugh with you and at themselves. Sure. So,
1: And that's and that's what I was getting. I was like, when I was watching this, I was relating to it because growing up, I, mean, I got two older brothers, and, uh, I mean, we would always talk about how, you know, women have snakes in their heads. Right. You know, they all got snakes in their heads to some degree. Right. Like, I'm Except con- your mom. Yeah. But your dad thinks she's got snakes in her Right. Head. <laughs> I'm convinced
2: that somewhere there's a cave drawing. Like the first, Absolutely. Right, the, the first <laughs> caveman that ever had to debate which of these two women. Was he going to try to that's be with? That's the starting of the movie. That's where it began, right? That's, like that's right. how your movie starts, right? I've like... got some ideas about that, but it could be that. Like, the, <laughs> like, like. But one, you know, I'm convinced that if we just excavate enough caves and discover enough prehistoric, you're going to find a yeah, caveman. Yeah, you're hot, you're hot going to find matrix. a caveman, hot crazy Matrix, where Grog the caveman was, <laughs> you know, debating. He was like trying to record for his his sons, like, don't make right. the mistakes I've made. So you know it's 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 universal. I mean the you know on the one hand it's a shopworn concept of women are crazy. On the other hand, it, you know like every everybody has experienced something that made them.
1: Everybody's got standards and they have different gauges in which they do their right. You know basically that's what you've broken down is yeah you know yeah ha- how to gauge somebody right. who's right for you right. Yeah. yeah. And, and how there's do, all these dating sites that are out there that do the same thing, just not the way that you did it. You
2: well, know? they, yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like the comments that I've seen on the video have been like, this is the only time I ever understood math, or, you know, <laughs> give this man a Nobel Peace <laughs> Prize, or why isn't this guy yeah. teaching junior high? You know, like, I, I, you know, I wish I'd seen this 20 years ago, you know, things like that. Where, right. Now, you do know. you, do you have a, um, a store? Don't you have a store where you Yeah. Selling? Yeah. Um, uh, swag and t-shirts it's matrixlabsllc.com
1: and what all do you have on there
2: right now mostly t-shirts i'm gonna refresh it with some we're probably gonna put some stickers up um and maybe some bumper stickers i've had t-shirts and keychains and flasks and stuff like that for now you gotta get a patch done man i i had patches they were at they were available at mookie's website okay i don't know if he's got any more but if he does they're at dynamitejones.com it was the unicorn search and rescue team patch nice yeah right so um that's cool yeah so those were available so the unicorn
1: uh, for our listeners is the, the the woman that doesn't exist the perfect right. woman the, the perfect woman who, is, who is not
2: crazy and who is beautiful by your standards right not crazy beautiful by your standards um that is the unicorn these things don't exist um if you find a unicorn please capture it safely we want to study that, and then we want to learn how to replicate the unicorns and <laughs> make a lot more unicorns.
1: Right, So. right. Very cool. So uh, make sure you guys go check out the video on uh, – you can go tactile response, and you can also go – Yeah,
2: James Yeager's YouTube channel is where the original – that so, the original? Yeah, do us a favor. Get some clicks there. Um, so just YouTube, James Yeager, Hot Crazy Matrix, and boom, it'll be there. It'll be uh, there. And then the store is uh, matrixlabsllc.com. And there's a there's a unicorn search and rescue team shirt and a certified unicorn shirt for ladies. Okay. So if you like certified, yeah, unicorn, for like nice. for li- I I think they're like twenty bucks maybe. For twenty bucks, get your chick a shirt. It'll be worth it. <laughs>
1: get some brownie points. Yep. Uh, and before the movie comes out. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, because I'm keeping
2: the rights to the merch. So um, that's not the
1: reason we have Dana on the show today, but we did have to. I mean, we have to talk about the hot crazy Matrix. But as you said, in your other life, you are an attorney. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about some legalities and things like that as far as responsibilities of of owning and carrying a firearm. But first, I hear that jack wagon train rolling in. (laughs) Bring it in, Gunny. Who writes, simplify, do or die, hold them high at 8th and 9th? It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week so brace yourself baby all right the train has stationed and i think we're going to have a few jack wagons this week i know i've got at least two do you have anybody you want to you want to go ahead and kick us off with Nah, throw one out all right so i'm going to go over to california and, and, it,
2: yeah, an easy an easy target. Easy
1: target. I mean, it, just, it, we find somebody there just about every week, I think, no, with no problem. But this one de- definitely has to be thrown on. This guy, the sheriff of the Contra Costa County, is that who it is?
2: Yeah, his hmm. name is
1: David O. Livingston. There you go. So Sheriff Livingston has, in his county, released to the media, I guess, Made it wide widely known of all the concealed carry permit holders in his county. Yeah, he's released it out to uh, I think is ABC Seven, a local um, TV station there. Yeah, uh, they asked for it. Apparently, there's some sort of public records. Their their carry permits fall under some sort of public records uh, right uh, law or something there, and they requested it, and he gave it to them. Correct. Uh, without question, it seems like, but um, I think it was like 340-something. I mean, they don't, they're do not they not real liberal on giving out carry yeah, permits the, there to begin with. The
2: source I've got says 317 permit holders in the county.
1: There you go, 317
2: permit holders. Mm-hmm. Um, he released their names in the city in which they live.
1: Which is ridiculous. I think he's debating on whether he's going to release their addresses. Well,
2: okay, so I'm going to—
1: He's like tempted to release their addresses too. Yeah,
2: here, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this guy on the jack wagon train. Oh, but, he's staying there. But for a different reason. Okay. okay? As a lawyer, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a legal analysis on this. It's, it may not be terribly popular with some of your people, but the, um, this sheriff had a request made by local media mm-hmm. under the California Public Records Request Act right. for him to provide this information in his possession. I'm going to make some assumptions. If these assumptions are are accurate, then this is my take. If the California Public Records Request Act does not shield these names from disclosure upon a proper request, then the sheriff had to follow the law. What he's done is he's withheld the address mm-hmm. of the people who are on the list of permit holders. Right. My my complaint here is not so much that the sheriff technically obeyed the law, Mm -hmm. my complaint here is really maybe a little bigger than that. One, California Public Records Request Act probably should not permit the disclosure of this. Not everything that is a document or a fact or a piece of information that the government uh, has should be or even is discoverable by what's called a FOIA request or Freedom of Information Act or Mm -hmm. at the state level, California Public Records Request Act. Not everything that they know or have should be available just because you send the right letter and ask. I would take the position that permit holders' names and addresses should not be discoverable by request. But if they, are, if they are under the law, then, um, then the sheriff really didn't have any choice, and he would have been faced with a lawsuit. Uh, you know, which would have cost his taxpayers money to defend, which he ultimately might very well have lost. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can all say he should have gone down swinging and lost and been a champion for permit holders and all that stuff. But my bigger yes, pro- that, that's, and that's what he fine. should have done, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, that's fine. But reasonable people might disagree about but
1: that. But no, I understand. I mean, he's he's in a uh, public position, right? And and, he, and he's got and, and, and so let's think. He of it has this way. a lawful request,
2: right? So think of it this way: Let's say that the law. Let's make the assumption that the law does require that he respond to this request and that his counsel have told him, there is no exception. You are required to disseminate, the, to respond and give the names of these people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's assume that. How unhappy would we be if a law said, Sheriff, if you have a convicted child molester in your town, then you have to tell anyone that asks their name and where they live. And And I made that request, and he said, no, I don't think that guy should be outed like that. And I would point at the law and say, "But the law says you do." We'd be all we'd be all unhappy about that, right?
1: But a concealed carry permit holder and a child molester are
2: true. They're they're different. They're, they're, they're different. Not even I, the same I, I, ballpark I, you, here. You know. Well, that's well in terms of like moral. Culpability, <clears throat> but I understand what you're saying. In moral culpability, they're not the same. One right. is a law. As far
1: as somebody requesting information from him and right. him deciding and him having it. a
2: law that dealt to tells him what he must do. Right. He did withhold the address, the street address, mm-hmm. and what he said is. They may make me give that up, too, but I'm withholding that for now. So I'll give him some credit there. Sure. But not very much because (laughs) my biggest problem with this sheriff is that he has apparently approved only 317 permits, which is only 17% of the people who asked. Right. So in that instance, it appears to me that he does have discretion. And that he has exercised his discretion in a gun-hating, lawful gun-owner-hating way. Right. And for that, I (laughs) condemn him to the the jack-wagon train. train. (laughs) And
1: of those 317, 290 are non-law enforcement applicants. Right. The other ones are law enforcement applicants.
2: Yeah, people he probably knew from work. Right. Um but Judges, you know, and I don't know what the lawyers. population of I don't know what the population of Contra, Contra Costa County, County is yeah, who knows. But if only 17% of your permits are being approved then I'm going to I'm going to say this guy's
1: not pro He's not and and, and I'm going to say Second that Amendment.
2: You could probably and I'll I'll make a guess or just an accusation maybe. Um those 17% were probably political favors, patronage, you know, relatives. The the son or the son-in-law of his deputy sheriff, right. that kind of thing. Yep. Like the average dude that just went in there and said, hey, man, I, I got a family here, and I think I might need to defend them. I'd like to get a carry permit, eh. got told no. Got, eh. And so while I might be willing to say to the sheriff, okay, sheriff, you saved your county from a lawsuit that you might never have been able to win from giving up the names. All right, I'll give you a little credit there for being law-abiding. But the fact that you're only approving 17% of the permit applications, I now I know who you are. All right. So,
1: um, so he basically he's, he's just he's just outed out his friend, family, friends. So, well, that may be why he
2: that may be why he withheld the street address. It could be like he it could he be knew the only it, reason, right? right? Like he he didn't do that out so of So don't some, give him too much credit, right? Like he may have done that only because. He got 317 so know, phone calls from his family and friends. And
1: Here's what this article doesn't tell us. Is it doesn't tell us what ABC 7 News wants with this information or how they're disseminating this information.
2: Well, you remember that the Memphis the Memphis Commercial Appeal <clears throat> did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the same thing in Tennessee. And I haven't looked in a while, but for a while, you were able to get pretty much exactly that same information statewide yeah. in Tennessee. No, I remember that. So um, has that changed? I haven't looked in a while. They, But as I recall, they did not do it. They just put it up as, like, a a standing link on their their page so you could, like— At one point, I went back and figured out that in Williamson County, where I live, um, Tennessee, like, 12% of adults had permits or just Mm -hmm. I I just did some rough math myself. Right. But um, I don't know what ABC7 News motive was, but I can guess.
1: Don't know. I have no idea. But um, he sent out a letter informing— these permit holders that their information was being given to ABC seven. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know that he had to do that, but he did do that to let them know. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, you know, I see this happening in more and more areas around. Yeah. And maybe,
2: yeah. And, and,
1: and this is a bad thing. We don't want this to happen. I agree.
2: And the solution is to go to your legislature and say, hey. Because what this what this does is it makes these people targets for criminals as well. Certainly. And so the solution is to.
1: Anytime you put your name on a list, it's not a good thing. Right. And I would Usually, say. It can be used against
2: you. For sure. And I would say the solution is get in touch with your legislature and say, hey, um, whatever kind of Freedom of Information Act, Public Records Access Act that we have, um, permit holders, names, and addresses shouldn't be on it. Right. Period. So Very. let's make th- let's make that the law so that the next time the sheriff gets this request in Contra Costa County or anywhere mm-hmm. his response is I or, can't give you that.
1: Or they don't just arbitrarily put a link to everybody's information, and you just go and the internet. anybody can go on the internet and click on it.
2: Yeah, like, I suppose you could get some really bad results where you actually did get a news media organization publishing names and addresses. Yeah, or a county itself doing it. Or a county. You know, like yeah. you can go
1: public records. You know, state of Tennessee. I guess any state. Well, I mean, look, you don't homeowners, have homeowners
2: see who owns. You know, typically who lives the at this way address. these things, typically the way these these records acts worked, you don't have to be a member of the media. So you could have moms demand action, send the same letter, make the same request, Mm -hmm. get the same information. And we know what their agenda is. Yeah. So so the solution here needs to be legislation that prohibits this disclosure so that the sheriff does not have the obligation or discretion to give those names and addresses out. And while I'm at it, California should be, you know, if you're in California and you want some relief from this sheriff, uh, you should ask that your legislature make it a shall issue state. Because apparently it's a May issue state. Right. Going and at the, least uh, this sheriff, is, sheriff. Um, is not one of us. Absolutely.
1: So, welcome to the Jack Wagon Train, Sheriff. What's his name? David Livingston. David Livingston. There you go. And Peter Inya. And that's the only other guy on the letter there. So, yeah. Specialist, whatever that means. So Contra Costa County. I'm sure that's not the only county. Oh, to, I feel like I in would Cali- say these my news my medias. anecdotal
2: understanding of California is that this would be this would happen in almost all the counties at least at least at, more often in the southern part of the state than the north all right so my second jack wagon
1: and I don't know where this happened but I was reading an article along with this one the other day um but they're talking about doing, and this is in California too. But I, there was another state that I saw yesterday. I was reading an article. I can't remember where it was, but they're going to do. They're requiring an ammo background check, where you have to pay like fifty dollar permit. They do a background check before to buy you, ammo before you can buy ammo. Yeah, welcome to this Illinois. is this is on top of your gun permit. Right. This, this is, is
2: just to buy a box of of range ammo on Saturday. Any ammo. Yeah.
1: So you go to Walmart. You go to you know wherever Buds or. Wherever your local gun store is there, buy your ammo before they can sell to you. You have to do this one time fifty dollar permit. They do the background check and then you can buy your ammo. But they put your name on a list. It's put on an electronic list.
2: Again, your name's being put on a list. That's Illinois. That's the FOIA card in Illinois. The what is it? The firearms identification owner firearms owner identification. The FOIA card. Illinois is like that. Yeah. To buy ammo or guns in Illinois, you have to you have to have that card.
1: Now, do they? Uh, is that two separate ones that they do two separate background checks? Because my understanding that that's what this is is that you got to have. In a you know, even if you've already got your permit, I think
2: I think in Illinois to buy either you have to have the same thing, the same one. So I don't know that it's two different things, but yeah, it's a giant regulatory pain in the ass. That's for sure. Absolutely. You know, um, so that's. That's ridiculous. Again. Um, What's the purpose in that? What does that do? How does that help stop? Well, and a lot of times they, uh, they will attach to something like that also a, a numerical max. Right. Like you can only buy 100 in a month or something. Why? I mean, well, you, you, know can, why. you
1: can go to a range and you, know, you spend a day, you know, two, three hours at the range. You can shoot 2,000, 3,000 rounds of ammo easily. You know, especially for training classes. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to one of Jaeger's classes up there. I mean, the minimum, you got to bring a thousand rounds for two days for you know for a two day course. Yeah, and uh, you usually burn all that up too. So,
2: yeah. well, they I mean, clearly they're they've they've lost the can you own a handgun law that we you know we won that at Supreme Court. Yeah. So now they're just looking for flanking maneuvers. You know, they've they've figured out. Give them credit. The people that don't think like us have figured out that it's that we need the guns and the ammo. So but why
1: do these even get any kind of enter- entertainment? I mean, after the gun permits and they they know you got to have ammo. So why would anybody who's already passed the gun legislation pro gun even entertain something other than tax? I mean, it's more tax revenue. Well, it is, but it, keep obviously. it well,
2: so like in Illinois, the the um, the state keeps going and Chicago, like McDonald versus the City of Chicago. That that happened because Illinois refused to actually make laws to enable. The city of Chicago refused to make laws even to enable the ownership of handguns. So like they had this elaborate ridiculous false method by which, mm-hmm. you know, impossible method by which you could get a handgun lawfully. Yeah. You couldn't actually do it. So it's
1: not which that was determined so, unconstitutional. Right. So in their in mind the of, in their mind they're it.
2: not they're not pro gun and then anti ammo. They're anti everything. And just looking for ways to jam us up. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what it is. right? That's what it is. I mean, that's what it call is. So they start with the big, and now they're working down to. Right. Well, look,
2: uh, look, primer, primer. Um, you know, you all the guys powder say, oh, primers, yeah, bullets. All that stuff. All that stuff is going to come under increasing scrutiny and regulation. Yeah. They've lost. Like they wanted to. If win. we let it. Yeah, they wanted to win at the top level. Like they wanted to win the we can ban guns. Mm-hmm. We can ban handguns. They we're wanted to take win your that. Guns we're away gonna from take it. your we're going to outlaw handguns. They lost. And they, rifles. Right. They, they they wanted to ban the thing, you know, that they that the the end product item gun. Mm-hmm. They lost. So now they're having to like fall back and figure out, well, how else can we accomplish the same result? And, you know, so now now we're going to have but I don't even
1: see how any of this is getting any delay. I mean, I can understand in California, Illinois. Well, well you know, cuz Illinois the, has run out of some Chicago. Like right?
2: yeah. like if you go to Southern Illinois, it's like it's like Kentucky, you know. But,
1: but again, it doesn't stop the criminals from getting and committing crimes. No. This doesn't do
2: anything except no, hurt no. and hinder law-abiding citizens. Yeah, because these people are the people <clears throat> that the people that are opposed to lawful gun ownership want to address what they think is the problem, which they an inanimate which, object. It's an inanimate object that's it's the boogeyman, right? They they mm-hmm. want to they want to they want to claim that they have addressed the problem. The problem is poverty, lack of education, lack of Mental opportunities and mental for, illness. And mental illness. Yeah. But those are way those are generational and much, much bigger problems, right? Like which is easier to claim, and I'm air quoting, which is easier to claim victory (laughs) if you're a politician, right? Do you want to go back to your district and say, I got uh, ammunition tax passed, which you might get passed. And then some people will say, yay, good for you. You you helped, you know, keep my streets safe here. Mm -hmm. When in reality, what that politician should have been doing was going up there to uh, to the capital and saying, let's create real education, real equality, real economic, real economic opportunity, address mental health. And someone's going to look at them and go, that's going to cost billions of and dollars enf- and take a long and time. And
1: enforce the laws that are already on uh, the yeah, book.
2: Th- that's that that's going to take a lot longer and cost a lot more money and actually require us to assess critically and honestly the real problems with our culture and our society. Right. so let's just focus on the ammo yeah right so it's like don't focus I mean, on us let's right. focus
1: on this right
2: yeah yeah the, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain
1: exactly and that that's what it is it's a distraction you know, they they get everybody hung up on all these little look over here kind of tactics right when well like you said they don't want you to see the real problem
2: well yeah and I mean just we could we could go on and on and on oh, yeah. and we're talking to the, our friends here so but I just make the observation. We're preaching to the choir, right? They but, understand that. But I make the observation that there have been millions and millions and millions of guns in America for generations. We didn't start having the uh, the mass shooting, twenty four hour news cycle stuff until we had a, until we had f- the fabric of our community and culture undermined by generations of grinding poverty and a medication first based. Uh, approach to mental illness. Mm-hmm. So when you swirled all those things up, then you started getting more and more mass shootings. Now, mix in the terrorism, and that's that's different. But if yeah. you just want to look at the garden variety homegrown— well, You get
1: a lot of the—again, you talk about the terrorists, but you also get a lot of the the immigrants that come over here, illegal immigrants that are criminals from other countries. And we start flooding our society with, you know, criminals from, from other countries.
2: That certainly doesn't help. No. So— It doesn't help at all. But it, But— an honest I'm look I'm talking about
1: illegal immigrants yeah. I'm not talking about legal right. immigrants an here. honest look It's a difference
2: Yeah well and and one other thing that happens is a lot of those a lot of the illegal immigrant crime a lot of it is actually committed against the other immigrants they right. prey they prey upon their on own themselves, on yeah. themselves um, but an honest look at our how we got here and what we should do about it I would say um that the inanimate objects are not the problem. The problem is that we have a culture that is that devalues life. We have people who view their world, their their future as hopeless, um, and we have um, a really big problem with untreated or improperly treated mental illness. Mm-hmm. But when you tell someone that they say, well, gosh, that sounds like something's going to take a long time and a lot of a lot money. You're going to money.
1: Fix. <laughs> you tax me for right. that.
2: Yeah. Let's, let's don't do that. Let's, <laughs> right. let's go back to talking about yeah.
1: the, don't tax me. Right. Tax that gun owner over right. there and his take ammo and his gun.
2: Yeah. Take that guy's
1: stuff. Let's do that. Yeah. But I mean, it's been proven time and time again, especially the gun control. I mean, Chicago is the perfect example of that. You know, their crime rate has skyrocketed.
2: Yeah. 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 It doesn't work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. So well, it's so I'll say this.
1: And background checks for the ammo is not gonna work. You know, the guy who's buying 15,000 rounds of ammo, I'm not really worried about that guy. I'm worried about the guy who's going and buying just four or five rounds and that's that's <laughs> well, all he wants. Well, yeah, well that <laughs> you or, know.
2: so um so I, I I've moonlighted at a local gun shop and um and what we had this conversation going on behind the counter one day. And somebody said, yeah, well, you know, the, you know, there's people worried about people buying ammo. I said, not me. I'm worried about the guy that walks in and says, I want all your AKs and all the mags and all the ammo today.
1: Right now. Right now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 might, that might make me go, hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the guy that orders a 1,000 rounds delivered, no. delivered from a reputable manufacturer to his doorstep on UPS truck, right. um, I'm betting that guy's not likely the next the mm. next news story.
1: But this is going to trickle down. I mean, if this gets any kind of legs, which it, it's not, there's no way. I don't but put we're anything gonna let this California, but whatever. Well, California, I mean, yeah, possibly. But not in Tennessee. Oh, no. You know, no. not in Texas. Not nope. in maybe Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky. No. But um, where was I going with that? Oh, it's going to trickle down to you know this is buying them in a the store you are reloading like you were talking about your primers your powder your bullets it's going to it's going to get down to that level with people who do their own reloading too
2: yeah it will and you know if i were ever inclined to be a traitor to the cause um i could tell the people that are against us the smart things that they could do <laughs> the
1: smart things that they could do <laughs> that would be that would be
2: constitutionally <laughs> permissible uh and that and that actually would make life harder for people like us, but I'm not inclined not to be a trader. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that.
1: So, <laughs> let's talk about people who uh, want to be good, responsible gun owners and and carry permit holders. Okay, what's what's some good tips for somebody to to be a better or the best um, carry permit holder that they can be? Firearms owner.
2: Okay, so let's put this in context. Um, I'll just use big, rough numbers. All okay. Right. So we hear that there's hundreds of millions of guns in the United States. Probably true. Those hundreds of millions of guns are probably in the hands of dozens of millions of people, right? Um, most people that have one have ten. Sure. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe most people that have one have On more than average, one. average. Yeah, you would okay? say. Occasionally, yeah. there's the you know some nice lady that whose grandpa died and she's the only one left and she got the old hunting rifle. Yeah. And she doesn't want it. She's got it in the closet, and so that's one. Okay. <laughs> right. But if you're buying, if you're a gun buyer, you're probably going to end up buying more than one. So we got hundreds of millions of guns in the hands of perhaps dozens of millions of people. Of those dozens of millions of people, fewer still have a permit to carry one, either because the law doesn't let them or they just never bothered, they don't want to carry.
1: they've got, just got rifles, they don't need a permit. Right,
2: they don't need a permit, whatever. So we're now we're down to maybe millions of people. Could still be dozens, but it's a smaller number than gun owners. Mm-hmm. Of those people who get a permit, and let's just call that millions of people, fewer still actually carry. Like, you know people that have a permit that don't carry right, or don't often carry or don't always carry. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a number that's maybe millions or maybe now we've slipped into the hundreds of thousands of people who daily carry a gun who aren't law enforcement, Mm -hmm. like carry a handgun. Religiously. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking now (laughs) hundreds of millions. You're
1: less than a million. Yeah.
2: Perhaps low millions. Yeah. Right. Low under a million. Right. Right. I'm saying. Right. Could be. Yeah. Of them, fewer still, far fewer still will ever train or maintain training. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I would tell you that being competent to defend yourself with a handgun is a lot like being a scratch golfer. So a scratch golfer is a guy who on any given day can go out and play a golf course and make par, right? He makes very few mistakes Mm -hmm. or if he makes a mistake, then he makes up for it. You can't be a scratch golfer. If you don't play golf and practice golf regularly, I would tell you, you can't be competent to defend yourself with a handgun if you don't train with a professional trainer and practice often. Mm-hmm. So the permit class that you did doesn't count. No, that right? does not that count. That not That's not, not count. training. That's not training. That is not the, training. The class that you took three years ago for two days counted for a little while, but it's expired. Right. Okay? You're not a scratch golfer anymore. So hundreds of millions of guns, dozens of millions of gun owners, millions of permit holders, couple million people who carry frequently. Mm-hmm. Some small number of people that train consistently. Okay, so if you so are, I would one say of, like one percent of that. That might be high, that might be low, but yeah. it's small, right? Yeah. So understand that if you are if you are credibly and really in the category of people who train regularly, then you are in a very small number of people. And I make that point because I read on man, I read on Facebook today. Some guy made a post, and I went back and tried to find it to respond to it, and I couldn't find it. But it's the kind of post that always gets my response, which is the, understand that we have, we have already undeniably established that if you're a guy carrying a gun regularly, who trains regularly, you are in a very small number of people. The jury that will decide your fate in the event you ever have to do it almost certainly will have no one like you on it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> no true. one, No one who also carries a gun every day and trains often is likely to even show up for jury duty. They're not likely to be summoned for jury duty because the numbers just, there's, for every one of us, mm-hmm. there's hundreds of not us. And if they did, they'd get dismissed. And if they did, <laughs> then the prosecutor <laughs> would probably <laughs> single them out and kick them out. <laughs> right. So that when that jury gets that instruction to go back in the room and deliberate, you will not have an advocate who understands your life in the room. Okay? So now, having said that, okay, so you're a guy, you're a good guy or gal, you carry a gun. Let's let's talk about mitigating the risk, okay, of being that person, right? Because that's why you're carrying, okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, uh, a lot of people suffer from delusions of what the system's gonna, how the system's gonna treat them, and how it's gonna be, right? Like lots and lots of people run through the gunfight in their head, right? I'm at Mapco and I'm getting gas, and this dude tries to jack me, and I smoke that fool, and they pin a medal on me, <laughs> and I go home and I smack the old lady on the ass, and I'm a hero, right? <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's the that's the gunfight they have in their head right, right. um that's not going to happen right yeah. like hopefully and in all likelihood none of the above is going to happen but if you ever do have to pull your weapon and do that thing it's not going to go like that right like yeah. it's, it's you're not going to win it's never
1: going to go like you picture right it, yeah.
2: okay so so let's so um so think about when i every day i remind myself what is the goal for today okay because if you don't know what the goal is, then you don't really know how to get there except by accident, right? What's the goal? I would suggest to someone who carries a gun and trains that your goal every day should be to go home unhurt without a court date. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the goal is don't meet any EMTs, right? Don't meet any ambulance drivers. Don't meet any cops. Okay,
1: don't any don't meet anybody who's got a siren on their vehicle. Right, right? don't
2: meet any. Yeah, don't meet any surgeons in the emergency room. Don't meet any detectives. All good people doing a good thing. But our goal is to not meet them. Very good. Okay. That's so. That's the goal. And why is that the goal? Because all the others suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> all the other possible outcomes for today are less good than that. Right. So, if you have to pick a goal, going home today unhurt without a court date is probably a good goal. That's a win. That's a win. Right. Um, because if anything else happens, then something you didn't want to happen has happened.
1: Right. Something beyond your control or beyond your conception just happened.
2: Right. So I break down, okay, so how can we accomplish our goal day to day, right? So one thing we can do is we can control all of the controllable factors before that thing, that moment in time that we hope never happens, right? Right. So sometimes people translate this as one of the things that kind of goes down this direction is don't go stupid places with stupid people to do stupid things. <laughs> okay? Right. And if you've heard that, then that's what I'm talking about.
1: Right. Okay? You heard that from your mama growing up. Right. Mama and your daddy. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. So so how do we, but let's expand upon that, right? What other factors can we control if, if every day we decide I'm not going to go anywhere stupid or do anything stupid or go where go somewhere with stupid people to a stupid place and do stupid things? Good. But what else can we do? Because that's maybe not enough, right? Like if you are targeted for a crime, then you may have made good choices about where you were and who you were with and what you were doing. You might have just been pumping gas down the street from your house and been targeted. Mm -hmm. Could be your day. So what other factors can we control before that moment in time? Okay. Um, Well, these days, nearly everyone has social media, right? Right. Right. And how many of your...
1: I'm glad you're bringing this up. Right. How many of your buddies,
2: (laughs) how many of your buddies, especially the ones who are in our culture, have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera? And of them, how many of them have a profile picture of them with a gun? Or on their Facebook page,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: them doing gun stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell you that. Or
1: posting where they're going to be, who they're going
2: to be with. Right. So there's ways to make yourself a target. Right, like I'm not, I'm going to the beach this weekend. Right, cool. That's not a good idea. Yeah. I'm at blah 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 right, right now. Right, here, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Here or here's a picture of everything in my gun safe. Um, right. Well, it's, you know, I mean, if you if you believe in it, then I guess take your chances. But um, so there's the there's the creating a target, skylining yourself, but also there's the stuff the prosecutor is going to look for, the the stuff that the detective investigating this incident. Mm-hmm. is gonna go find okay now if you agree with me that there's hundreds of millions of guns tens of millions of gun owners millions of permit holders smaller number of people carrying a gun and a smaller number still of people training training yep. then um then you need to understand how some of what we take for granted as commonplace ordinary and natural looks outside of our culture mm-hmm. right like i've got neighbors that would that would be flipped out at the idea that, you know, I put on plates and went and trained for a week <laughs> in small unit tactics. That
1: you're the mouthpiece <laughs> for the Camden Mafia. Right. Right.
2: Like, so, um, so you, but you have absolute control over what you post, okay? Right. Beforehand. Because right. all of this stuff is going to get scrutinized. Quit
1: posting where you're going to be every second of the damn day.
2: Yeah, because most people really don't care.
1: But <laughs> they really don't. But, but it's somebody who does and they could take advantage of that.
2: Yeah. But I'm also talking about things like, Okay, so uh, you see something on Facebook and I see this happen all the time. You see something on Facebook and it's a guy getting robbed at a Mapco. And I'm not picking on Mapco, but whatever. <laughs> stop and Rob, okay? So a guy getting robbed at Stop and Rob, okay? Yeah. Well, inevitably, aka Mapco. Right. Some guy's going to post underneath that, "Man, I'd have smoked that fool." Right? Okay. What? Really? Oh. Yeah, have you been in that situation before? But even <laughs> if you even if you have why would you announce to the world a premeditated plan to smoke a fool who maybe was just trying to grab the purse your wife's purse off the front seat, right? Like like and I saw and, and people tag me into this all the time because I've given this lecture in like in in professional instruction. Mm-hmm. Why would you announce to the world on social media that your reaction to someone trying to take a purse? out of the front seat of your car. Is murder. Is murder. <laughs> <laughs> but you in your you just mind established you're a predisposition, just, right, you're just walking around waiting to smoke that fool. Right. So um that's you have complete control over that. And I saw today, the post that I saw today, someone posted up they were making fun of someone because this person had gotten their glock all hand painted in yellow and blah, 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 blah. And um, and it was a 40 caliber and so this was a to some extent yeah right so to some
1: i'm, I'm showing him my custom
2: uh, Glock 23 right now that, okay <laughs> so it was a 40 caliber glock with a whole lot of trickeration on it this exactly must have been like mine. that one
1: must have been this one right
2: <laughs> um but um but someone um someone said it does someone else said well you know why would you do all that to your gun blah 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 and this guy posted underneath that it doesn't matter what your gun looks like a clean shoot is a clean shoot no, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Okay. Right. If you put, for example, a Punisher logo on your gun and your gun becomes the exhibit A at your trial, you have now aligned yourself with a vigilante. Okay. <laughs> and if you're in trial, that means that at least some people didn't agree that smoking that fool was a good was a good decision. Mm-hmm. Right? Because other people make that decision, right? You don't get to just announce to the police who roll up, "I smoked that fool; he needed it." And they say, "Oh, well, thanks a lot, dude." <laughs> he asked for it. Yeah, go home. Um, you are going to be your your actions are going to be scrutinized and graded by someone who may have a whole different view of whether or not you should have been carrying a gun in the first place, or it may ninety nine
1: point nine percent of the time, or it may
2: be that you were wrong, or debatably wrong, or arguably wrong, or it's a close call. Okay? More on that later. Okay, but um, but just
1: because you shoot somebody, you're not going to walk away. Oh, you're yeah. not. Go- no, yeah. you're not. Because you feel like it was justified. Right. You're not. You're going to have to justify. You're
2: going it. to be detained at least. Yeah. P- perhaps arrested, possibly indicted, and maybe stand trial. Okay. Right. That that that's a cycle of events that you don't get to control anymore. But what you did get to control was whether or not you had a Punisher logo on your Glock. Okay. <laughs> A vigil, a symbol of vigilante, of of a vigilante, right? Like facts. It turns out that facts matter. Yeah, I mean that definitely.
1: Okay, that could be used S- against you. Yes. So whether your, it was your
2: crusader themed Glock,
1: I may not even know what you know the history behind the crusader. You may not. Are, you know, and I right? have it on there, but it could be used against it, me.
2: It well, it depends upon the rest of the facts. Yeah. Like if you clearly, if the video clearly showed that you acted in self defense, then maybe the Punisher logo doesn't matter. But if it if there's any doubt, like if there's a question about that, mm-hmm. they're going to bring it up. It's it's going to be used against why, you. Yeah. yeah, and people say, "Oh, no, it's not a good shoot is a good shoot." Why would you ever <clears throat> give a prosecutor something to talk about? Why, if if you control that in advance, like days, see, that should
1: have nothing to do with it. They should not be looking at what's on the gun. It's, okay, know, how, well,
2: let's talk about prosecutors. Why would a prosecutor? Used? Who's yeah. a prosecutor? Right? Like many of them are law enforcement. Oriented, <laughs> not surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, some of them are um, what I call true believers, right? Like they view the world as good and bad, mm-hmm. and shooting someone dead in a parking lot is not good, no matter what circumstances. Right? Yeah. Right. Like they will, and even aside from that, you mix in ambition because every prosecutor wants a better job. Sure. Right? Like they're they're state employees. Well, how do you get a pay raise? You run for election and and take your boss's job, or you are the boss, and you want to be the next lieutenant governor, or you want to be the judge, right? So, like, like there is ambition in prosecutors' offices, just like there's ambition in every other place. And sometimes ambition shades people's judgment. It doesn't make them bad people. It just means, hey, if you're a prosecutor and you have the chance to win a murder trial on facts that are dividing the community, Mm -hmm. because— you're probably not going to be given a ticker tape parade if you shoot someone, even if that person put you in a position where it was defensible, legally defensible, right? You're still going to be, to some extent, a pariah in many people's minds. Mm-hmm. You're a guy walking around with a gun who just killed someone at MAPCO over $12. Whatever
1: maybe. the case. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever okay. the case.
2: So a prosecutor who's ambitious, who maybe has a political view of the world different than yours, like if you go if you go five miles north of where we sit, the politics are different. Yeah. Like we are in Williamson County, Tennessee, very conservative, Mm -hmm. very Republican, different worldview among most elected people. Cross the line into Davidson County, Nashville, Tennessee. I don't think there's a Republican sitting in an elected office in the county. Yeah. Not one. Okay, so you're already walking around a guy with a gun. They didn't necessarily like that to begin with. Mm -hmm. Now you went and murdered someone or shot someone. Okay, so suddenly you've now given a detective who's collecting evidence, who's got your gun in a Ziploc, and someone asks him, what's that symbol on that gun? Does that come like that from the factory? No. What is it? Oh, it's a punisher symbol. It's a vigilante thing. Oh, hmm. So it becomes, (laughs) see, trials are about narratives. You don't, you're never going to be compelled to testify at your own trial. If you're on on trial, you can't be compelled to. But you also don't want to create things that only you can explain. Mm -hmm. Because then you do have to testify. Okay, so the same thing goes for, like, bumper stickers, right? Like, right. like shoot them all, <laughs> let God sort them out, bumper sticker. Yeah. Guess what? When they take pictures of the crime scene, they're going to figure out which car is yours. And if you got a whole bunch of gun nut stuff on your car, that's going to be a poster board size color photograph at your trial. Yeah,
1: okay? and they're going to go through your social media. They're, they're going to go, go through, through your social your post. media. That's what you're right. saying about yeah. the
2: post. Right, your, your last Instagram post where you were, <laughs> you know— Smoking that fool, or your post underneath a a video that had nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. that you didn't have to say anything about. You went on and talked about how you'd shoot that guy three times, right? You know, and once in the head for just doing what he did.
1: So, so you're saying the least amount that you <clears throat> post derogatory remarks like that, uh, the better off you are if a situation arises to where you're in a self-defense. Um, I'm saying situation. That, I'm
2: saying that a trial is about facts told in a narrative right okay so a a trial is not a computer a cold computer analysis Mm -hmm. a trial is about stories and human emotion and all kinds of things sure and if you create talking points for the other side why
1: right so don't do that yeah i would that's the point now don't do that
2: i'm giving (laughs) i'm giving very conservative okay yeah but if you're not thinking about this, if you if you hear what I say and you say, that guy's an idiot, I'm putting a Punisher logo on my Glock, and right. I'm going to keep posting that I would smoke that fool, and I'm going to put a shoot em all let god figure them out bumper sticker on your car, then rock on. But at least do that deliberately. Like, mm. don't not think about it. <laughs> so if you're going to do that, do that knowing that at least one guy who's actually tried a self-defense case said, that might not be a good idea. Right. Okay. Um, same thing with, like, other firearms modifications, like— like trigger jobs, right? Like, let's say that you didn't smoke a fool who deserved it. Let's say that you drew your gun and the situation was resolving because you were prepared to defend yourself, but then the gun, quote, went off. Mm -hmm. And the ricochet skipped and hit little Billy, who was completely innocent, and the bad guy ran away. Okay, I'm constructing a hypothetical to make the point. Sure. Well, you might get charged with negligent you know, with like a, a, a an assaultive offense. Billy survives. Mm-hmm. But that three-pound trigger job you did in your garage may become an issue, <laughs> right? Like, like I just saw one the
1: other day. Um, it was a competition shooter, and she had bought another guy's, another competition shooter's gun that he had done some work on himself. And uh, obviously she wasn't real familiar with the gun, I guess. And it went off in her holster, and shot her, I think, through the leg. I mean, could have killed her,
2: you know, but it didn't. Well, so that was lucky her. She's not going to get charged with a crime for shooting herself in the ass.
1: Yeah, but this guy doing some self gunsmithing, you know, he's not well, a licensed it, gunsmith. He's doing the shit himself. Yeah.
2: So when it comes to the gun you're walking around with, my suggestion is, don't do the vigilante locos. You know, now I would draw a distinction. Okay, if you put USMC, let's say you're a marine. Mm-hmm. And you put USMC on your gun. I'm not sure how they hold that against you. Okay, maybe, but probably not. But I a know. Punisher logo. I mean, they'll try any way they can. Maybe, but a Punisher logo screams, "Look, look at this!" Mm-hmm. Right? Because you can't answer that question. Yeah. Right. Like,
1: like, the- but it gets all into the whole. I mean, guns are scary looking just because they got a scary
2: looking logo on there. Well, the, okay. So remember, there's not going to be any of us sitting in the jury box. Yeah. Right. There's gonna be. But
1: me as a, as the, on the other side defending this guy. Right. You know that's the angle I'm coming at. Oh, too.
2: sure. If I'm sitting, okay. Let's say yeah. that you have a Punisher logo and you get in a self. I'm gonna make shooting. it. I'm gonna do everything I can to say, hey, that's it's not a the thing we're talking about. Right. But I've tried enough jury trials to know once they that get it in their what, heads that, what the lawyers think is important. Sometimes the jury doesn't even care what that is, and the, the jurors get hyper focused on something that the lawyers would have said that didn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. That made no difference. Right. So what I'm talking about is the things that you have absolute control over starting right now. Yeah. Complete control.
1: All right. So gun modifications being one, what's another as a, as a carrier, a gun permit carrier, what, what are things that you can do to training training? Okay. So mm-hmm.
2: not all training is created equal. Okay. Um, but regular training, Right. So that if you have to testify or even at a stage way before a trial, let's say that let's say that you end up having to do the thing. Right. And it turns out that you did it well. Right. Like you, you did smoke that fool. Please um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like three center mass and the video shows you wrapped that, you know, yeah. you drew your gun, stepped to the side, bam, bam, bam put bam. three right in them. People may wonder how did that
1: check your surrender,
2: Right. Like how did. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Touched yourself over for wounds? That kind. Of, I mean, like somebody may look at that and go, how did he know how to do that? Oh, okay. Like that guy got taught how to do that, which goes to the, well, did he assess the situation correctly? Mm-hmm. Did he attempt, like you're going to maybe start De-escalate. getting benefit of the doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like see here in the, it may help resolve some ambiguities in the film or in the witness statements, right? Like other witnesses may say there was shouting, but what if the shouting was stop, stay back? no. As opposed to, F- you motherfucker, I'm gonna smoke you. <laughs> right. Right. So, like it, the totality of those circumstances reviewed after the fact with mm-hmm. a guy dead on the sidewalk, poured over weeks and months later. If you're training, if you have trained, then an investigator, a prosecutor may start to say, hey, this guy did what he was taught to do and what he was taught to do was good. Right. Like, possibly avoid, you know, avoid, yeah. ev- you know, avoid de escalate, escape, leave. You know, the 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 shooting only happened after all these other options were exhausted. Mm-hmm. And the way that that guy knew how to do that was he'd been to the class, multiple classes, and that's what they were taught. So like your training may be the reason that helps head off an indictment or explain why you did what you did. Like some people may not understand. Well, why'd you shoot him three times?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's
2: how long it took to stop the threat. How'd you know? Well. That's what I train, right? Like right. If you, so you shoot like, until the threat's... Right, so like the video may show that... could you have know, been four. Right? right, you shot, you shot, and then you lowered your gun and looked, and the threat was down, so you didn't shoot anymore. So the training is good... Because you're going to more likely do things correctly, but it's also good because it, it 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 demonstrates that you're not just some jackass who threw a Punisher logo on his gun and went around waiting for something bad to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. You or could they use that and say, why are you training? Well, why
2: are you going? Are you wanting to shoot somebody? They could, but which would you rather explain? If the plane crashes, which is better that the pilot had trained ten thousand hours or two? I think. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. I,
1: I think you're better off with the training than not the training because right. if you shoot somebody you haven't been trained, then you know, that's going to raise a question. That's going to raise a right. big like, question.
2: Like, okay, when did you last? You know, yeah. that's like the first question they they go into with pilots.
1: Yeah. Well, with the, my grandpa always taught me how to shoot a gun yeah. when I was twelve. I don't need no training. My daddy no taught training. me to shoot. Right, I hear so, that all the time.
2: Right, yeah. so um, so and not all training is created equal. So if you're going to go train, you know, be prepared to have that school, that trainer, that course, that curriculum uh, reviewed. Mm-hmm. You know, under circumstances where. It could be bad. Like you may be in a jam, mm-hmm. but it's still better to train. Absolutely. So, um, so those are, so social media, train, 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 train. Yeah. So social media, bumper stickers, things that you can control on the front end. Oh, um, your demeanor. Yeah. Your training ongoing and the actual instrument, the gun. These are things that you control starting now and all the way through the moment in time, the thing, that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you control those. You and you alone control those. My contention is dial all those dials to the most favorable setting now.
1: Don't don't put d- Hello Kitty on your gun. Put nothing. Put, <laughs> put Teletubby. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, um, but, uh, I'm you, jesting, but I, I right. mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I know our listeners do too. Yeah. Is, if, you know. But
2: if you're gonna do all that, if you're gonna de- if you're gonna decline this advice, at least realize that you did. Right. And drive on right rock on rock on man yeah hey you go (laughs) go (laughs) you so um the other thing that you can do is you can um you can and you should attempt to find someone to call uh before the thing like you should have a plan like a lot of your listeners are probably going to be preppers bug out guys all that kind of thing where you're you know you're ready to go Mm -hmm. right grid goes down i know what to do um the grid may go down, but if you're carrying a gun, then you also may get in a situation where you go to jail, mm-hmm. okay? And maybe that works out in the end, that works out as good as that can go. But in the meantime, you're in jail. So what does that trigger? What, what sequences events does that trigger? Well, this is not a time to have to learn something new, right, so like you should have a conversation with someone that you can call who can put into action plan B. Right. Plan A was go home without without meeting ambulance drivers and cops. So plan B is ruined. (laughs) Right. That got ruined. Plan B is someone come get me. Yeah. So this may or may not be the person that you sleep with. That may not be the right person. That person may not be equipped to deal with that. Right. So you want someone who's going to be level headed and who can get your money or get their own money. Call a bondsman, post your bond and get you out. That's step one. I'm a trial lawyer. I do criminal defense. Don't call me from jail, okay? Couple reasons. One, you're not Plan B. I'm not the bondsman. <laughs> you need a bondsman, okay? I will come to the jail and meet you. But first thing is, let's get the process of getting you out started, which starts now, okay? Like, know who you would call. Know a, understand what the laws in your state are, right? Like in Tennessee, most places. If your bond is, say, $10,000, most places you can call a bondsman and actually get out for about $125, okay? So know someone who's got $125, (laughs) or know someone who knows where to get your $125, Right. okay? And if at all possible, also know which lawyer you would call, okay? Um, People ask me, well, how much retainer, if I want to have you on retainer? I'm like, you're not giving me any money just so you can call me later. Look, (laughs) If the event occurs, call me. Then we'll talk about the price. But I'm not taking anybody's money to answer the call when they, when they call. them right. am when they call, I'm answer. Sure. Okay. So, but know who that would be, right? And, and if you're in Tennessee, it's
1: Dana McClendon.
2: Right. <laughs> if you're in Tennessee, you can call me. Um, but um 3195 Um, go. but know that know that you want to find that person because it th- there will be a sense of urgency, right? Like they're going to sweat you for a statement. Uh, they're going to sweat you for all kinds of things. And other things they're not going to have to ask you for at all. They're just going to do. What's right? your suggestion on that? What, a statement? Right. Okay, I'll get to that. Okay. So these are things that you Jumping can do. Ahead. Yeah. Th- these are things that you can do before. <clears throat> so you can know what the plan is for plan B. Bond money, bondsman, who's that going to be? If you call your wife, your wife may be perfectly capable of that. But she may also be stuck at home with a three-year-old.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay? So know who you're going to call. what they're and, and they should know what they're going to do. Get money. Get a bondsman. Get you out of jail. Call the lawyer. Okay. Um, now, all right. So at the event, the thing happened. Mm-hmm. You had to do the thing. Okay. Um, this is this is. Uh, you didn't listen to anything I said. You <laughs> went stupid places and did stupid things with stupid people. And you you yanked out your Punisher gun, You're wearing your Punisher shirt, and you were and you had your let you know shoot them all. Let God sort them out. Bumper sticker um, and your Molon Lab tattoo <laughs> and. Um, and, and this is 10 minutes after you posted on Facebook that you would smoke that fool. You didn't listen to anything I said. I gave you this advice for free. Um, so now, bang, you did the thing. Okay, um, you, there is a 100% chance that you are now about to meet the police, okay? That's gonna happen, right? And um, my advice to you is, if you have to do the thing, do not leave the scene unless leaving the scene is the only way you can be safe. But either way, call the police, if you leave, call the police and say that there's been a shooting at this location and my name is this and I'm on my way to a safe place. Mm-hmm. And that safe place is either going to be where you tell me or I'm going to find it and, and tell you. But I'm not fleeing the scene. I'm not,
1: mm-hmm. you know. You're fleeing for your safety. Right.
2: I'm leaving the scene because it's not safe to be there. But if you do that, make sure that no one can later claim that you were fleeing the scene. And they would know that because you called, one, two, you gave them your name. And three, you said, I'm leaving because it's not safe to be there, and I'm going either where you tell me to go or I'm going mm-hmm. to pick it and tell you where that is. Um, but you're going to be the one to call the police because victims are supposed to act like victims, right? Mm-hmm. Like all this is going to get scrutinized carefully for a long time after the fact. Did your Was your behavior consistent with the person who was the victim, even though you survived and the other guy didn't or the other guy got wounded? So you're going to meet the police. You should meet the police because you invited them to the scene. You don't want to Smart. be the person that did not call and then left.
1: Right. Don't want to be the second person. Coming. Right.
2: Okay. Um, and um, I, would, I, I live by the mantra that one will rarely regret having said too little. I'll say that again. One will rarely regret having said too little. Okay. Um, so what, if anything, do you say? Well— there are those that would tell you, say nothing other than, there's been a shooting, my name is this, there's the vi- There's the witness, there's a piece of evidence, and I'll tell you, I'll maybe talk to you once I've talked to my lawyer. Okay. That's, that's pr- if you can only, like, if you commit that to your mind as the mm-hmm. the reaction that you're going to have, that's probably good. Okay? That's a good minimum to have. That's right a there. good, yeah, you should think about this. Like, I don't know about you, but I'll confess. I pull up to a mapco, I think about, okay, what would happen if a guy sprang out of that dark place over there? Or
1: well, again, that know. goes back to, you know, being prepared right. is when you go to situational awareness. Yeah. You know, know your surroundings, yep. know what's
2: going on. Well, your situational awareness should include what will you say and do if you have to do the thing? Calling the 911, saying there's been a shooting, asking for police and ambulance and saying my name is this. That was a witness, that was a witness, and there's a piece of evidence that got kicked under a car, and mm-hmm. anything else, maybe I'll say after I get with my lawyer. Do it now, do what you need to do. Um, that's That's probably good advice, okay? But as I give it and say that, please understand that the police are there to fill out forms, okay? They are there to write down as best they can what happened. You may have witnesses sympathetic to the person who just got shot, who are present. Like, if... For example, let's say you're on a road trip, and you need to get gas, and your wife needs to go to the bathroom. So you wind up pulled over somewhere that maybe was not the best choice, and you wind up in a stupid place, okay? Uh, unbeknownst and, to you. Yeah, unbeknownst to you, you didn't realize it was a stupid place, but hey, she's got to go, and so here we are. Yeah. And then the thing happens. Okay, well, maybe there's friends and associates of the guy you just shot who are present.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Their story is going to be, man, he was he didn't do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. He just that dude just rolled up here and started shooting. People. He just smoked him. He just smoked that fool. He, <laughs> sh- he shot, as I said in the seminar, he shot Skittles. <laughs> so, um, So understand that the police are going to be getting statements from people, mm-hmm. okay? And those statements begin to form the narrative and begin to steer the investigation. So there is a temptation to say, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. You probably need to resist that, okay? Okay. But you have to understand that that's what's going to happen. There's going to be people handed clipboards. They're going to be writing things down. There's going to be people saying, that dude did this. So you need to be prepared to not defend yourself. Not
1: there. Not there. Not then and there. Not then and there.
2: Right. Not the time, Um, not the place. And um, at the same time, you have to convey that you are not being uncooperative, right? Mm -hmm. Like. I would recommend against ever saying, am I being detained? Um, yes, you're being <laughs> detained. That's what the cop with the blue he light. just shot somebody, yeah, of or, course. Yeah, w- right. Like when the police came up and took your gun and told you to sit on the sidewalk and maybe cuffed you. Yeah, you're <laughs> being detained, right? Um, Lawfully, right, you're being yeah. detained. So, But you need to prepare to resist the natural temptation to set the record straight while at the same time understanding that the police are getting statements and and beginning to form conclusions and opinions about how this went, okay? Some of which you may be able to rebut later with the benefit of time and, you know, a lawyer and and making a statement or whatever, but you can't ever unring that bell. You can't ever take back what you said. You can't ever convince someone that you, when you said, uh, man, that black dude was assaulting me, that the black dude part of it— wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. didn't mean something nefarious, right? Hate like, crime, hate crime. Right, like, so, um, yeah. um, So you know, white dude, black dude, whatever, any description that you may give could look questionable, mm-hmm. even though in your mind it was neutral. It was just a fact. It was a white dude, it was a black dude, it was a Hispanic dude, whatever. The fact that you attached that description might be given some meaning, okay? So probably the best thing to do is say there's been a shooting, if there's witnesses that were there that was a witness that was a witness there's a knife in the bush mm-hmm. whatever it may be and then hey do you know Refrain officer, from yeah. uh, racial description oh yeah yeah and and yeah and you need to think through this now because if you just put yourself on autopilot man you're going to get diarrhea of the mouth <laughs> like the single biggest adrenaline dump you've ever had in your life the most scared you've ever been in your life you know all just happened yeah. That is probably a moment in time. And you're not going to
1: remember what you said either. Right.
2: And that is and and so uh you know I don't like as a lawyer I don't like reading my client's statement or watching it through the dash cam, which is incidentally another thing I should point out. Um man, you should you should starting now. You should live your life like you're always being filmed because Good increasingly advice. you are. Right? Yeah. So um if you if you just act as if you're being filmed, you may behave better. Okay. Yeah. Um, you might get to the gym more. Right, workout. and that's another reason why saying nothing may be the best thing. Because if the video is inconsistent with your statement, then you're a liar. Right. Okay. And there's a really good um, there's a really good YouTube video uh, that a I think the guy's a law professor gives about why you should say nothing and all the different ways that making a statement, even what you think to be true, can just blow up in your face. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say you give a statement that you believe to be true. But disinter- disinterested bystander also gives a statement that she believes to be true, and they are inconsistent. Well, now someone's lying. Mm-hmm. So who is it? Well, maybe if we knew, if we were the omniscient observer, we would know that both of you told the truth as you knew it, even though you told different stories. That may just be a matter of perception. Which happened first, the knife coming out or the gun coming out? Or was the, was the shouting, stop, don't step back, or something else, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who said, said, stop, don't. Yeah, who said, you know? yeah, exactly. So, you know, we know it was said, I say it was me that said that, and she says, no, it was the dude that's dead. Um, well, now you've made either you or the disinterested bystander whose credibility is not in doubt a liar. Oops. Mm-hmm. So my advice is at the scene, don't say anything other than, hey, right. I called the police. But once they get there, don't say anything. Yeah, and and they're, they're going to tempt you, right? Like, Provoke, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're they're not there to clear you or necessarily bury you. But one thing I know police don't like is when you don't say nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a case one time where um, a client, a guy came in and he had intercepted a large, large quantity of drugs that had been mailed to someone he knew who he cared about. Mailed, mailed, <laughs> literally mailed. Oh my god! Um, and this person came in and they said. These were sent to my home to my other person that lives there. And I was curious what it was. So I opened it and it's drugs. What are we going to do? And I said, how old is this other person? He said, 18. I said, get this other person in here. So he called this other person. The other person came in and I said, you need to tell me to take this to the police station. He said, what? I said, you need to tell me to take (laughs) these drugs to the police station. Why? I said, "They're "Uh, yeah, I said, well, (laughs) because um, we don't know that they weren't delivered, they weren't a controlled delivery, Mm -hmm. that the police don't already know everything, right? That they were already found out at the UPS, FedEx post office, and delivered to you just to see where you took them. We don't know that. Also, it's the only way that we can, like, renounce the crime and maybe begin to buy you like, some mercy, or maybe, maybe, just maybe, if I do that, you completely get off the hook, and, and no one ever knows. All right, fine, take them to the police station. So I take them to the police station, and I walk in, and I'm like, the receptionist behind the glass says, can I help you? I said, yes, I need to see a detective, preferably one in narcotics. And she was like, and who are you? I said, well, I'm Dana McClendon. I'm an attorney. And who do you need? I said, a detective, preferably one in narcotics. Do they know you're coming? No. (laughs) Well, why do you need to see them? I said, look, um, I need to see a detective, preferably one in narcotics. Well, can I tell them what it's about? I said, it's about 1,000 hits of ecstasy. (laughs) And I held up an envelope. (laughs) So here comes this detective that I know out of the back, and he's like, "What's this about ecstasy?" I'm like, "Yeah, get your evidence bag." He's like, "What?" I said, "I'm bringing you a thousand hits of ecstasy. I'm surrendering it to you." Well, where'd you get it? I said, "No, no, no. <laughs> you don't get that. He's <laughs> like, "But where, where did it come from?" "Nah, yeah. no, I just, I just need a receipt, please." Well, okay. and so you could just see him, yeah, like the little rat in the in the spinning circle, trying to figure out,
1: you trying know, to figure out how you find right? out who's. Well, dude. where did yeah. they
2: get it? I'm, no. I just need a receipt, please. So, well, could we, could we, could we like, uh, use your, could whoever brought this to you, could we like, no, none of that's going to happen. I just need a receipt. It, it was killing him. And I was just sitting there kind of <laughs> half smiling at him like, this, is this that, is dude. this awesome or what? And he's like, well, I, you know, and I said, oh, by the way, um, there's no one in my office. So no matter how long you keep me here, you're not going to have one of your buddies roll by my office and get a license plate or Seems like, somebody's right, office. like this is the end of the, right. all you get is this envelope. I need a receipt. Yeah. So um, I say I tell that See, story you don't to, say, have to say thank you. Right. I tell that story to say, the police are not going to f- just accept mm-hmm. that you're not going to make a statement. So they'll likely appropriately attempt to either trick you, it's doing their job, or goad you, or or frighten you, you know, into making a statement. And um and Man, some of them will be quite persistent. After Mm. all, there's a dead guy or a wounded person or more than one. So they're not going back to their... And they have ambition. Right. And they're not going back to their supervisor to say, yeah, the guy says he doesn't want to say anything. Well, go get him to say something, right? So you have to steel yourself in advance to not spill your guts because you're going to want to say man i was afraid for my life and that dude came up and he had a knife and or whatever it was mm-hmm. you're gonna wanna be the good guy and say why you did the thing none of that's going to be helpful because you can always go back and say that or the video may prove it or the the investigation may demonstrate all that to be true without you saying a thing mm-hmm. okay so to some extent you have to just because you say it doesn't make it so right and you have to you and you have to um you have to rehearse that in advance right yep. these are the things that I think you should think about in advance, right? The things that you can control because you don't necessarily get to control when and why it it happened. Like you can mitigate your risk. Social media, what's your gun? What do you post on social media? Where do you go? Who do you go with? Do you have a plan? Blah, blah, all those things. Um, And, um, but what you can't pick is whether it's gonna happen or not. Because if you know that, then get me on that email list. I'm not going there.
1: that's, That's why you train. Because you never know when it's going to happen.
2: Right. So a part of your training, if you're going to be a person walking around with a gun every day, part of your training should be mitigating your risk in advance mm-hmm. by knowing
1: what— That falls in line with your, your responsibility as a carry permit holder, as a firearms owner. That's one of your responsibilities. It's not just getting trained with the use of uh, and familiarization of the firearm— It's also just what Dana told you. Yeah, I would. Because you need to know ramifications uh, of using your farm if you ever have to use it and what you need to do in that situation.
2: Yeah. And I would tell you that if you think about these things actively and you plan these things, then the chances that they ever matter go down. Yeah. Right? Like if you think about you're going to get put in handcuffs. If you shoot someone, you're going to be put in handcuffs. Let's think about all the things we can control in advance and then dial all those risk factors to zero if we can.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The chances are that, no that what to expect. Right. That kind of accumulates into lowering your overall risk factors. Yeah. So, yes, some of my advice is is very conservative, and it's going to go... It's going to fly in the face of a bunch of people that their pappy taught them, and now they carry a outside-the-waistband open-carry 1911 <laughs> with a Punisher grip. <laughs> Good. I'm talking to you. 30-round clip magazine. Right. I'm talking to you. Um, so... Um, that's, that's the things that I tell people to think about in advance. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's a whole host of things that happen after that. But if if any of those things ever matter, at that point, someone like me is going to be holding your hand.
1: Yeah. And there are organizations that you can call also that help with legal defenses and things like that. If you're a member of one of those, you might ask them what sort of a helpline or whatever they've got in place. Um, I can't think of Conceal carry America. Or something. I can't remember some. Of them. There's some. Yeah, there's a bunch. And honestly, I think even people, the NRA has something. People
2: I'm ask sure. me about those things, and my answer is, I honestly don't know enough about them to <clears> say whether or not that's a good plan or not. Yeah. Investigate. I, I can't tell you yeah. whether or not that's a good plan for you. All right. But everything I everything we just spent an hour talking about that is definitely a good plan. That is a
1: good plan. <laughs> Absolutely. What about the And uh, we were talking earlier, too, you know, you're into training quite oh, yeah. a bit, physical training, working out, uh, yep. physical fitness. For sure, fitness, and, uh, yes. martial art. arts. All S-
2: of that, fall, to me, all of that falls. Physical jiu-jitsu. training. Yeah, jiu-jitsu, firearms, knife, just general conditioning, all that falls under martial art yeah. to me.
1: And, uh, you know, as we preach on this show, I mean, that's part of your responsibility being a respons- firearm owner as well is being physically Able to take care of yourself.
2: Yeah, because in a, in
1: a situation.
2: Well, yeah, because one way to go home without meeting police and ambulance drivers is to run away. There you go. Right, like running away. Maybe that's a viable option. That's a good option, man. <laughs> between between shoot that dude or run away. Yeah. I'm a run. Right, like if I can, yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> like right. leaving beats shooting.
1: Yeah, getting hand, handcuffed and questioning your Punisher logo and. <laughs> All right. This other stuff. Right. You know, if if you run away, then you don't have to worry about your Punisher right. logo.
2: Right. We we were talking about this earlier, and I said that uh, you cannot talk me into a fight. You can't. Like I'm 49 years old. I've been in drunk fistfights yeah. long ago. Right. Yeah. You know. I'm um, done with that. Crap. Right. I'm way, way, way done. Way done. Like I I've got a career. I've got a law license. I got a family. You know. I got a future. I got. I got like way more You got stuff. I got way more reasons <laughs> to not get in a fight that you talked me into. Yeah. Right? Like there's no words you can use no fighting words, right? Yeah. That like names or derogatory slurs or anything, None of that stuff's gonna provoke a fight yeah. for me.
1: Clearly. And that you know, that's what it boils down to, you know, is Having a good, calm, level head and understand that words are words. Yeah,
2: I would tell you, if you can be talked into a fight, if someone calls you a pussy in front you of your girlfriend issues. and that and and that's if that's good enough reason for you to throw down, please don't carry a gun. Please, Absolutely. Please don't carry a gun. Yeah. Just don't. If, if, if going out on a Friday night and having a couple of beers and getting into a fist fight because someone called you a pussy is the way you want to lead your life. Don't carry a gun. Yeah, you know, don't go stupid places with stupid people and make stupid and do stupid things. and do stupid things. Right, right.
1: But you're telling me about your your routine, and you've got a you've got a um, it's not a theory, a goal. It's it's your goal. Right, and it and it involves a certain radius. Right. So, so we talk
2: were, about that. Okay. So um, this is interesting, guys. Yeah. So I won't tell the whole backstory of my physical health and all that, but. At some point, I realized that I was not. He not, died. I, he died <laughs> at one point. In time. He was. He was dead. I was. Dead. I was dead for five he minutes. Flatline. Um, luckily for me, I was on a table in a cath lab, so they were working on me. But I was dead for five minutes. So I realized when I got to be about forty-two that I was that I was not. I was not in a position to. Uh, I was not in good shape. I was not fit, and I was not really completely prepared to defend myself. In the way that maybe I thought I was, Mm -hmm. right? Like I had a permit I could carry a gun. I did carry a gun. Um, I've been carrying a gun since 1994. Um, So, but I hadn't ever like actively, proactively, deliberately pursued martial arts. Mm -hmm. So I decided I would. And um, so I'm a methodical thinking kind of guy. And I started thinking about, well what is the, what's the goal? Like yeah. what's the, why for, do I want right, to do for, this? Right, four, yeah, so there's two things. There's the why and then there's the goal. So like the why, why I want to do any of this stuff is because I want to live, like I say this half jokingly, but not really, why I do any of these things, why I make any of this effort to be good with a gun, be good with a knife, be good at jujitsu, be fit, be strong, fast, whatever, <laughs> is because I want to dance at my grandchildren's wedding and I don't want to leave a young widow like I very nearly did um 7 years ago. Mm-hmm. So my why is I want to live long enough to like, you know, not leave a young widow and see my grandchildren into adulthood, shall we say. Yeah. If I can get that done and live independently and have a good quality of life, awesome. Then I will be happy man. But that's the why. And then the goal, like how I kind of look at every day is every day I want to do something. To promote and secure this task, this imaginary task, if you will, which is I want to be able to dominate a quarter mile radius from wherever I am for 15 minutes, right? Like, I want to be able to flee, fight, mm-hmm.
1: pick people up,
2: <laughs> drop people, break stuff, drag it, climb over it, whatever has to happen physically, yeah. Physically within a quarter mile of where I am for 15 minutes. So, the, the things that I spend my time doing for training promote that goal. And then that goal and that training promotes that bigger why. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so if I get stronger or improve my conditioning or get better at jujitsu or get better with a gun, all that lends itself to that quarter mile radius for 15 minutes goal. Um so I, whenever I think about, should I do something different? Should I add some other training modality? Should I, you know, diet, d- diet, nutrition, more yeah. of this, less of that, whatever. I, I ask, well, does it, does it promote that goal? You right. know, because some things that you can do are super cool and they require extreme discipline and commitment and prolonged sustained effort, but they don't necessarily fit that goal. And I'm not saying that my goal, my quarter mile radius for 15 minutes thing is appropriate for everyone. That's just mine.
1: Right. That's just a personal.
2: Right. But so when I have that. You
1: came up with this on your own. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. When I have that goal, then I know, then I can help, that helps me think about does pursuing that training advance that goal? So like we were talking earlier about like I've, um, I've squatted a big number, a big number for me like over 400 pounds at 49 years old. That's cool. There's probably not a lot of 49-year-old dudes that can squat over 400 pounds. Um, But when I did that, when I've done that, I've kind of gotten bigger and heavier... And lost some. I made some trade-offs, right? Like, yeah, Mo- my you lost some mobility. Yeah, my mobility wasn't as good. My jujitsu didn't wasn't as good. I wasn't training jujitsu as often. My cardio wasn't quite as good. And I'm not saying you can't squat 400 and some odd pounds. And everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody's for, different. The result for me right. was I got really strong, you know, two times body weight squat, but it came at the expense of other stuff that I wanted to be good at. So I've kind of dialed back on pursuing that. To be, you know, strong, but maybe more conditioning, mm-hmm. less body weight, maybe not quite as absolutely strong because the pay, the the what I get back is better cardio, better jiu-jitsu. Doesn't
1: promote your goal of right. the 15-minute, 15, right. 15 quarter-mile radius. Right, and
2: we can take that to the extreme. Like, you see the guys that can deadlift 1,000 pounds. I doubt that there's too many dudes that can deadlift 1,000 pounds that can— do much of anything for 15 minutes (laughs) at a high at a high heart rate right like those are specialists and conversely like the marathon runner so you got a marathon runner who can run all day but they may not be able to deadlift their body weight Mm -hmm. right well neither of those were i to go to either of those extremes i would be a specialist but neither of those extremes would fit within the goal Mm -hmm. the quarter mile radius 15 minutes so i try to i try to make my activities and my training consistent with the goal that I have. Again, my goal is just mine. Take it if you like it. Yeah. But um, if but when you decide what to do with your time, make sure that it's pointing at the goal that you deliberately take. Your
1: picked. time, your exercise, your diet, yeah. Whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a that's, good rule. I think that's a good rule of thumb. So everybody, you know, you need to think about what your goal is. First what's your your why
2: yeah. What's your why? Your why has to be big. Yeah. Like your why. And long term. Yeah. Like like a lot of people, if you go to any given gym, any given, say, suburban gym with ellipticals, if you go there and you say, why are you here? Almost all their answers are going to boil down to, I want to look good naked. <laughs> right. Right? Which is, it? that's fine. Read yeah. right
1: between the lines and that's what they're saying. Right.
2: I want to lose weight. I want to be shape. I want to be tone. I want to have, you know, fit. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's Summer's per- coming. Yeah. It boils down to, I want to look good naked. Cool. If you look good naked, you're probably in better shape than you used to be. Yeah, you know, and you're probably making good choices. As and keep as, in
1: mind, just because you think you look good naked, other people may not. Right. So.
2: Right. Like, just, uh, yeah, you want to look good naked to people that get to judge that, right? Just, not, not your selfie.
1: Right. Just like some of those uh, hot crazy chicks think they look good in yoga pants, <sighs> not all of them do.
2: Not all <laughs> of them do. Yeah. So, um, but your why should be big, right? Like, because if your why is not big, then the then the then the hard choices you won't you won't consistently make the hard choices and exercise the discipline that's necessary, right? Like, if your why is just, oh, I'm going to the beach in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe for three weeks you make better choices. But if your why is not big enough, then you're going to be like, ah, fuck it. I I right. look fine. <laughs> or,
1: or the beach is done and over with. And right. You go and right now, back to yeah. Or area. you
2: you lost eight pounds before you went to the beach, but now what? Right. Yeah. So like. I suggest that your why should be big, right? Like, uh, you know, I have a grandchild on the way. Or
1: have, or have a series of whys.
2: Sure. Your why can be. But
1: don't just have one why that's short term, have something that you already know what's going to follow that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, the why, but the why has to be bigger than your, than your bad habits. The why has to be bigger than the, than the poor choices that have led you to wherever it is that you're that you want to change. Yeah. Right. Or maybe you, you're awesome as is and your why is I want to stay awesome, you know, but, it, but your why needs to be big. Then you can stop and think about what is, what is my short term day to day goal? Yeah. You know, um, and then you can start to fit in the how, like there's a million ways to look at naked. Most of them involve lift something heavy mm. and eat, airbrush, eat properly, <laughs> right. Eat properly and do some cardio. Um, but It doesn't necessarily, you know, that you could get there by swimming, walking, running, rowing, not even to Find out what
1: what works for you. Right. Everybody's different. Their physiques, their, I mean, their um, genetics, everything's different. Right. You know, we were talking about genetics earlier, too. Yeah. It's, it's, a lot of the stuff has to do with your genetics. Um, Yeah. I lost. You can take, (laughs) you can take all the supplements and, and drugs that you want, but you know, if you don't have the genetics for certain things, it's you know, it's only going to help you to a certain extent.
2: Yeah, or, or, or it may even hurt you. It may even, yeah, it may even hurt you. So you know, um, when I was given my purple belt, or when I earned my purple belt, there you go, yeah, earned it, earned it. You earned those. My instructor said to me, "We always get, we always get asked to when you when he promotes you to purple belt, he has you make a speech to the class, and in that, he wants you to say to." What would you now say to white belt you? Right, Mm -hmm. so it made me kind of think. Well, what would I whisper to eighteen year old me? Right, Um, (laughs) calm the down. Yeah. Well, (laughs) what what I I would say. So I'm 49 and I've been dead briefly. Um, What I would tell 18 year old me is, you only get one chassis. Right. Like, like from the neck down, you get one.
1: Yeah. Right. You can
2: constantly improve. You know, your brain. Yeah. And you know, and like, as long as you don't suffer like an actual brain injury, like you can you can continue to evolve and change that. But stuff that you hurt when you're 20 stays hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, um, and and you know, I didn't have a heart attack and die at 42 because of the decisions I made when I was 41. I had a heart attack and died at 42 because of the decisions I made when I was 20, yeah. and 25, 30. 35. And again,
1: some some of the genetics comes into that too. Well, yeah, but
2: yeah. Uh, but um. But I understand I, what you're saying. Yeah, you're, had I known.
1: The younger you was foolish. made you what you are now. Yes. Yeah. So
2: if you're younger and you're listening, you get one chassis. Yeah. So your why might want to be, and your goals, you know, like we were talking earlier about the fact that, you know, if a 22-year-old dude wants to train up and squat 450, the penalty that he pays for that then, then yeah. is not necessarily the same as it would be for me. Like it would be, I would suffer more problems getting there. at 49 now than that 22 year old would, but that 22 year old might later suffer some of those consequences due to the fact that, yeah, but but at the very you know, you just like you said,
1: I mean, we've all got knee injuries, you know, that we've sustained the the
2: dudes that never squat because they never had a football injury in high school, right? I love those guys, (laughs) (laughs) they're probably carrying Punisher Glocks. I love it. Yeah, no, they're they're survive. Yeah, they're they're preppers, and they weigh three hundred pounds. So,
1: have you come up with a a name for your your system yet? The the wine goal.
2: I never thought about a name for it. You can um, come up with something for that. It really kind of evolved because I did survive the heart attack, and then I started on a plan to to really become you know a better version of myself. I don't I don't hold myself out as like. This this person that if you could be me you should try or anything like that. I mean that's that's not the case I just try to be a better me than I was yesterday. But
1: I mean obviously the things that you're saying a lot of people um, achieve that you know they want to achieve that you know they've got that on their mind but they don't know how to go about yeah, doing it. Yeah, when people it. when so people see someone doing
2: right like I I was I was a fat guy and I'm not saying I'm not a fat guy now but I was way I was, a fat guy. I was definitely a fat guy and I was out of shape and I really couldn't do all the things in my mind I thought I could yeah. um, and so people that know me that see me a lot have observed that change and so they frequently say well how did you do that and that's where I that's where I kind of came up with the with the why you got to have a why mm-hmm. that's big and then the goal like what you do every day is dictated by the goal yeah. like this is you,
1: this is how I
2: did it right if you want if your, why goal, is it, you wanna, is if your goal is you want to if your goal is you want to run the New York City marathon then train for a marathon <sighs> That's totally different than
1: what I did. Training to bench five hundred right. squat. Yeah.
2: Five hundred yeah, deadlift a yeah, thousand. Right. If you want to do that, then That's a different training. That's yeah. different. Yeah. So make your goal so make, pick a big why that'll keep you doing whatever it is you're doing. And then pick a goal that and gets then you pick accomplish your why. Right. And then yeah, the goal serves the why and the training modalities serve the goal. So don't just do random shit. (laughs) (laughs) Or do,
1: you know, whatever. Well, eventually,
2: eventually if you do random shit, someone will come along and go, hey dude, you're doing random shit. Um, What's the point? You know, and that's kind of how I started my fitness plan. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was doing something. And then over time, I was like, hmm, Maybe I should bring some order to this. And you know,
1: and this this applies to everything in life, not just your workout goals. Oh, sure. I if mean, you want to start a goals. business, or yeah, you know,
2: if uh, you just want to, you say you're not going to start a business, but you want to pay off your debt. Relationship goals, yeah, everything. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, think you're onto
1: something there, brother.
2: Pick a Y that's big, yep. set a goal, and then build around. Make that. sure make sure that what you're spending your time on advances the accomplishment of the goal. Very cool. And when you and when you feel like you're faltering or failing or off track. Remember the why. <laughs> then get back up and keep doing the thing. There you go.
1: Well, Dana, it has been a pleasure. Uh, appreciate you being on the show, taking the time, taking a big time, a lot of your time today, but it's uh, very good stuff. I know our listeners are going to enjoy this. If they want to get in touch with you, if they have questions for you, or you know, they want to comment, or they need maybe they need some Man, if Man,
2: yeah, if you can't find me, you're not really looking. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I'm totally publicly transparent. Like, you my, my Facebook profile is... Open you got uh, the big punisher picture yeah. on his page. If you can't remember anything else, <laughs> you're right? If you can't remember anything else, just go on social media to Hot Crazy Matrix, like Instagram, Twitter. And Facebook, and the messages come directly to me. Now so you guys have a uh, a Facebook uh, Hot Crazy Matrix. Hot Crazy Matrix Facebook, um, and I post. Um, when the thing went viral, I was like, I guess I need to do something with this. So <laughs> I started the why. The yeah, like then like, the goal. Yeah, so I started. Um, so I started the social media accounts, and so now, like, I'll post either funny shit that occurs to me or sometimes I'll post, like, serious advice, you know, yeah. like... Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll just write, like, a thought down on a, a, a sticky and, and take a picture and post that. up. <laughs> right? Like, um, <laughs> one that I did was um, a pro tip for unicorns was... Uh, c- occasionally I'll do a pro tip for unicorns. Okay. And sometimes this occurs because... Wait, wait, wait. And now it's time for <laughs> One of them that I posted was... He doesn't need as many, uh, he doesn't need as many driving tips as you are prepared to offer, right? Like,
1: now, see, that would be the opposite. My girlfriend would say that because I give her tips all the time.
2: Oh, see, I drive, so like yeah. that happened because my wife and I were going somewhere, and within like 20 minutes, she had given me a lot of tips. Yeah. So every once in a while, something funny or humorous or sincere or serious, or you know, sometimes it's just pictures of my dog, but. Yes, social media, hot crazy matrix. If you send me a message, you're getting me, not some employee or some random person that manages a page. It's actually me. So if you have questions about anything we've talked about, or you just want to say hi, there you go. There you go.
1: And uh, I'm gonna have to get with you and go through your uh, training program one day. Yeah, man. So maybe do a week or something. Cool. Get a week of that. He was telling me about this workout program. I was intrigued with it, so have to try that out. And uh, we'll get him back on and we'll talk about it. Cool. Sometime. time. All right, guys, that does it for another episode of the Pocket Lead Podcast. We will be back again next week. See you soon. And as always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close. And your unicorns closer. Bang. As long as they got a saddle and a, and a holster <laughs> to draw your rifles from.